three. Number three. So after the last after last week's, I suddenly found I had reminded myself about events and thoughts that I hadn't in a number of years. And it was um yeah, it was it was a bit odd. Because you suddenly go, oh my god, yes, I, re I remembered this, and that was that was different. It was like a form of therapy, which this is. Yeah, absolutely. It evokes the memories, and 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 even when we were talking, um, you know, it's like, oh my god, I've got to bring that up, and mm. I've got to bring that up. But I didn't even get time. No, well, you don't. <laughs> so much, so much content. I mean, it's it's never ending, like this journey of grief, I suppose. But this is it. Yeah. This is, and I have been. I don't know how topical it is, but I have been watching something with my wife. Uh, it's another Netflix. Um, and I've forgotten the name, which is really terrible. So I might have to edit this out, but <laughs> it's the whole journey of grief. Yeah. Um, and it, it tackles some things that are like so poignant and so true. And you get these little nuggets in there and you go, yeah, that's, I must mm. try and remember that for me, for other people, for everyone. Um, but so last week was my story. <laughs> yes. And this week it's your story. And I actually don't really know that much depth mm. about your story. I, I, I don't really know. So well, I don't think anyone does really, except for those who are in the immediate vicinity at the time. Um, so how did it all unravel? Yeah, begin, unravel. Where do you want me to Well, I, I, where do I want you to start? When, I don't know. At the very beginning. At the very beginning. Um, I, think, I think, you know, ultimately after Maddie passed... Um, I, I I sort of went into this shell and this sort of dark place and 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 felt the the need to write uh, about her story and I I wrote a book um, and it was two hundred eighty thousand words most of it was um, about the journey of Maddie being born but it was based on the week that she passed. So the book started the morning we woke up um, and I sort of locked it away, um, put it to one side and just didn't look back. And when I went into therapy recently in September, when I had, I suppose, what would be described as a grief breakdown, um, it all came flooding back I was talking about my journey in the sort of past tense to a certain degree I was referring to the book with my therapist and I wasn't I wasn't actually living in the moment and it, it was that third session where where Errol turned around to me and he basically asked me the question he said have you grieved and I was like yeah of course it's grief I mean, of course I've grieved, you know. But they ask you these questions. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And, and, and he then turned around to me and he said, okay, well, let's start where the book started. That morning you woke up and I broke down. And it was probably the first time in five years. And when was this? This is? This is last September. Okay. So five so years. So within the last year? Within the last? Five years, basically, Yeah. And he said, what happened that morning? And, and I got probably three or four sentences in and that was it. I think it was the first time he handed me the box of tissues, <laughs> as you do, across the room. And it was like, but that morning, um, it was Sunday morning. And I was playing, I, was meant, I wasn't playing football for the first time in a long time. Football's always the place where I let out my aggression, right? And all that. I leave it all on the pitch. Um, but basically that morning I was having a lie-in and then out of the blue, I just hear these screams from downstairs. Um, and my, my wife at the time was, was just hysterical. And I remember bolting up in bed and running downstairs like an automatic pilot probably found myself a pair of boxer shorts 
Um, football shorts, actually. Um, and I ran downstairs and run into the room and Sophie's like all over the place and I'm just like, holy shit. And Maddie is lying there in bed, just completely just staring into space, like lifeless. And you just go into this automatic pilot. By that point, Sophie has left the room. She's run to the back of the house. And I remember um, sort of feeling for a pulse, nothing, no. And she was still lukewarm. Um, and I ran out and she's on the phone to the 999. And um, I, run, I remember running past my two girls um, and they're just like, you know, what's wrong, Daddy? And, what's and how old on? were they at the time? Oh, well, Matilda would have been five. Uh, Maddie would, have, uh, Emily would have been uh, three years older. So. so, like, young, young, but but old enough to know. Certainly, five, kind of old enough to know that this isn't right. They pick up. They will always pick up on, but they won't fully. My, my immediate words were, "Maddie's died." Mm. You don't think about what to say, right? You, well, you, you don't. In the, in the, uh, you know, and you can dress it up. <laughs> you can, but you just might as well just be frank, I suppose, in that moment. But you don't. You're not thinking at the same time. And and I ran onto the patio and in on the back garden, and we've got these sort of bifolding doors at the back of the house. And Sophie's on the phone to nine 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 to the to the emergency services, and she's hysterical. And I just grabbed the phone from her. And they're saying, right, you need to go back into the room. And I'm like, okay. And I run back in and I'm just, she's dead, she's dead. Um, and they say, you don't know that, you don't know that. Um, and they asked me to take her out of the bed, lie her on the floor and administer CPR. Mm -hmm. And obviously going back, uh, 10 years, I'd, I'd learned that <clears throat> when Maddie was in hospital for her strep B infection and, you know, which caused her cerebral palsy and uh, streptococcal septicemia, meningitis, which all led to her cerebral palsy. And I lie on the floor and I start administering CPR. And when you're there and you've got your own flesh and blood lying on the floor and you're pumping her chest to keep her body going and all I remember saying to the woman on the other end of the phone is what's the point because all I could think is this is what she had when she was born an oxygen starvation so she was potentially having brain damage on her brain damage but obviously you you know that yeah I, I they don't know that correct and, and you and you know <laughs> that they don't know that but yeah. but you're as a parent in that situation regardless of that situation, you're the parent and you're like, I, I, I know. And they also totally are aware that you are going to be coming out with, with words that might be totally irrational, but you have every right and every parent would have a right in your situation, I suppose. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you're just, you're just in this moment where you're just doing what you're told to do almost because you haven't got any answers yourself. Right. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is a dream. This isn't real. Um, and then it becomes reality when my sister runs in. Um, she's a personal trainer and she, and she, you know, she, she knows CPR. And she starts um, um, breathing into her mouth while I'm between my pumping on her chest. Mm -hmm. And time just... When yeah. I, every five minutes I'm saying, where is the, um, where are the services? Where are the services? And eventually this guy just runs in and he slides on the floor and it was a wet day. And despite all that was going on, do you know what I noticed? Go was on. The mud streak on the floor. He yeah. Left. Well, yes. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Why am I worried about that? You're not, but it's just things that you, you notice and your brain is still going to notice these things. And yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And 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 she and and then they take over. Yeah. And then it, it like the house becomes this sort of like crime scene. And, yeah. And you like, you know, the police turn up and the police are like, start asking you questions. Yeah. And then family turn up. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel like, am I am I guilty here? What have I done? Yeah. What yeah, have yeah, I done? Yeah. And, yeah. and and all that sort of processing and it's all sort of sort of like so quick and instant um and then and then like i just remember going upstairs and brushing my teeth and finding you know finding my sort of clothes that i'm going to be wearing because i'm going to watford general as far as i'm concerned going to the hospital and I i come downstairs and and bloody police helicopters have landed in the park opposite and uh, you know ambulance yeah um and the those paramedics probably funded <laughs> amazingly isn't it yeah and it you know the whole street has become yeah. this sort of like yeah they've been invited scene. into the whole story without you actually inviting them and they're now part of it and you know that everyone is going to be oh, did you hear and did you see and yeah. and 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 you have no control over that and yeah, absolutely. And, and and I just remember someone saying, like the paramedic peeking his head around the door because Maddie's room was downstairs. Sorry, I should give a bit of context. No, I realised that. Yeah, because um, we had to adapt the house yeah. and that sort of thing. And and he just peeked his head around the door and said, "We have a pulse." And this was like after twenty minutes. And I'm thinking, I was like, "My rat, what do you mean you got a pulse?" I wasn't expecting her to come through this. I don't think anyone was was in that immediate moment. But also 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm no doctor, but 20 minutes getting a pulse. Plus, plus, plus the amount. Her ex- plus her existing condition anyway. Well, and plus the amount of time she was in bed. Well, that's what I mean. 20 yeah. minutes has gone yeah. even before that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like thinking to myself, okay, now what? And then... We go into the the, 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 the kitchen and the, the paramedic from the um, helicopter starts asking us questions. And I remember he had this sort of, I can't show you here, but he had this sort of pouch on his knee, yeah. on his, on his yeah, thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts writing notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, he's asking me the questions. Tell me about Maddie. She's got cerebral palsy. Tell me about you know what medication she's on diazepam she's on um baclofen and she's on all these anti um epileptic medication and parkinson's medication to stop her spasms and help with her tone and talking through this whole process and you can see that they're like just focused on having having a child alive totally when they get to the hospital For, for, for what it's worth you and i however much in my case the nhs screwed up to a degree that's only one two three or four people what those guys do is well this, this is it i mean they, they, they screwed up and you know they can they can say i'm libelous for this and whatever but they fucked up they well, fucked I don't, up i don't think you're libelous i mean i, I would say exactly the they, same they, about about madeline they fucked up yeah. at the start of her life yeah they managed to get out of it using um legal dialogue um, well, we don't have to check for this and that and this and that and what's right and what's wrong. But the fact is, yeah, there was someone we respond. There was two or three people responsible for that, and they got away with, in my mind, murder, because ultimately Maddie should have been an able-bodied child. She wasn't, um, and that someone is responsible for that. And you know, I thought that. I thought that for a number of years. Um, and it all came down to legal aid at the end of the day, um, which is another story for another day, believe mm. it or not. We have so many stories, right? And um, anyway, going back to that morning, and, and then, then after about 45 minutes, we found ourselves, me and my ex-wife, in the back of a police car, um, being driven to the hospital, um, and... We, they, they decide not to take her to Great Ormond Street. We're not sure why. The helicopter didn't take us in the end. Um, and we ended up Watford General. And Well, probably because it was a lot nearer for a start. Yeah. I mean, the helicopter wouldn't take that long, but it would take you... 
Well, yeah. And not that they're always necessarily looking after we want the parents, but there's a, yeah. Bearing in mind it's a Sunday morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Going to Watford General isn't yeah. the best time to pit Watford General. <laughs> because people don't get ill on the weekends for some no, reason. No, but no, that's another story. Do, yeah. um, and, you know, we, we, were, we are there for a period of time. Families start arriving. Um, and, you know, all I'm thinking about is the PR, the Northwest London PR. And I'm, I, I'm, I have to appoint one of my friends to be my appoint, you know, my appointed representative in this process because this is going to get out. And, you know, I want people to know that, you know, we're hoping she's going to be OK. But ultimately, deep down, I was going to say you, you, I, I, I knew this was the end of the road. When me. they said they had a pulse. Yeah. Did she continue to have a pulse then on the way to the hospital? Absolutely. But okay. she was fully sort of, I mean, when she, when she came out of her bedroom, she's on this massive stretcher, and tiny little frame mm. of a body, just wires everywhere. Yeah. Um, the, the thing I noticed the most about Maddie was when I picked her up out of that bed, she was floppy. Mm. Maddie always had this really stiff tone. Mm. So when you tried to bend her arm, it was so yeah. stiff. It was like... Like fighting against yeah, her. Yeah, and, and it was like the life, her life, yep. her body, her, yep. her, her being was that stiffness. But as soon as that stiffness had left her, I knew that she had left her. Her soul had left her. Because? Because she was this floppy because child. I could actually hold her like a, yeah, you would hold a child. Because that's what happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that. The, the, her, 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 the, the being she was mm. was no longer there. Yeah. So it was almost like I was looking on it. Like if Maddie was looking on it, looking mm. on it from up there, looking down on her body, I was looking at her... As if, well, this isn't Maddie now. Yeah. And I wanted an end to this. You know, well, you're, I, you're in the middle of a, um, a, a situation that's playing out and it's not fun. Hmm. It's horrible. You're powerless, which for any parent, whether you're a dad or a mum, is, is, is awful because you're, you're there watching people work on, on a member of your family and you've, in essence, you're just sitting there going, let me know what happens. Because there's nothing you can do. And and you feel, and you're in this situation, you just, you want you want it to end, good or bad. You just... Yeah, and, and, and the, the, it's interesting you say that because it's like there was always these sort of mirror moments. So, like, when I first heard that Maddie had cerebral palsy, I remember the relief that came over my body. The relief and the, like, oh, thank fuck we know what she's got. So can I just on that? Yeah. So, if if you don't mind, just putting a little full stop just on that. Yeah. When? So when did you first find out? Okay. So only because you just mentioned it. Okay. So, so Maddie was born as I said with streptococcal septicemia. Um, it that that is streptococcal meningitis, something that gets contracted in the in the vaginal canal during. Um, labor it's something that maybe you it's a very innocuous infection in in women but it can lead to basically death in a child if it's contracted during labor and especially when it's a protracted labor a long labor and the child isn't administered um antibiotics at birth um but so sophie still had a, a a long labor um which probably didn't add to the situation um, and then she came out, as the, the doctors described her, came out, she was fitting. And I remember her arms were like this a lot. And she was making these sort of jerking movements. So they had to run tests with her, on her. They'd do a spinal tap, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, literally, she was born naturally. She was rushed up to... Um, to um, ICU. ICU. Uh, um, and... It's awful. I, I remember even just during the labor, you know, we had a typical, we had a student nurse as well, or it was her first birth, her first delivery. And, and, and I remember during the labor, um, her saying her heart rate has, has dropped and we're getting a bit nervous now, a bit anxious. And, 
And when we saw the retrospective notes, there was no mention of any of that in the retrospective notes. I mean, doctors have this ability of writing retrospective notes based on what they yeah. want people to read, right? Yeah. And they're going yeah. to shut down yeah. and lock down. But anyway, I'm not bitter. Um, and then basically we went up. Um, and I remember maybe the day later, or maybe it was that same day, and the doctor basically saying to us, um, will you ever check for strep B? And I said, check for it? Well, Sophie, we know you had strep B because we were trying for a long time. And he, he like looked at us like, why the fuck weren't you on antibiotics? And it was basically, there was a letter that was written by the specialist that Sophie had seen that went to our private obstetrician, which... He forgot to read. I don't know exactly what happened. But the fact was that it was never raised. And there were other circumstances throughout throughout, um, throughout labour. And I can't put everything on one person no. or whatever. But like for example, our NCT classes, we all do them, right? Um, the, the week we were going to talk about infections, everyone was mucking around and we never got around to talking about infections. If anyone in that nine months had said the words, strep B, mine's, my ex-wife's ears would have gone, oh, ooh. Oh, we need to. Yeah. So on, 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 so as a quick in, interjection. So right now, obviously, junior doctors, they're all striking. Mm. And I've always said this, you, you, it, it's very easy to lay, to lay blame on one, two, three, or, or uh, however many people. We're all human. People make mistakes. If I make a mistake recording a podcast or something, you go, oh, didn't pick up the sound. Okay, let's do it again. Mm. In a car, oh, I didn't do the indicator light. Okay, bring it back in, we'll fix it. But when it comes to doctors and humans and children, when you make those mistakes, the the, the, the results can be far greater, including including death. So this is another reason as to, this is why when people are, it's not the only reason, when people are, underpaid, overworked, stretched beyond all imagination. Management isn't training people the right way to say, right, please remember when it comes to um, pregnancy, things like strep B, da, 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 da. You see, you wouldn't have known that until afterwards they went, oh, were you never? And you're like, and now if ever you meet someone, you kind of want to say to them, just want to mention the word strep Absolutely, B. And, and, and this is this is the yeah. whole thing. Is so yeah. I I don't quite understand sometimes why some of these important, vital, crucial, simple questions can't be a matter of right, when you have someone and give it, make sure you mention this and that and the other. I mean, are there hundreds of things you need to mention or are there some basic? I don't know. I remember my belief process at the time and maybe that, you know, because I was grieving, you know, the the child that I was going to get wasn't necessarily the child I was having. And this this is day one. Yeah. and and Yeah. And I remember at the time thinking to myself, well, hold on a minute. Strep B is like an insurance policy to the NHS. And I know it sounds horrendous to think this, but. If you work out that X amount of children die per year from strep B, how much would it cost to in, to to put every uh, protect every child in this country, or run a test? The the, the test at the time was twenty six pounds, and you have it just a few weeks before delivery, but you had to pay for it privately. Now in America, they do it as standard, but then in America they private healthcare. It's very different. Yeah. yeah, but the point is that they you know, they, they are aware of the dangers of it and they deal with it right here. Yeah. They didn't actually say to you, are you aware of strep B? Look, if you are aware of it, NHS aren't covering it, but you can do it privately. But for £26, you'll go, that's fine. Send me a kit. Correct. It's a bit like, it's a bit like in the Jewish religion with Tay-Sachs. Yeah. It's, uh, Mm. you know, it's the same. Yeah. You, you go for that test, you pay for it privately. You do it. That's much more money, believe it or not. So it's, for me, it would. But you're be, made aware. Correct. It's just being made aware. Correct. And then it's a decision yeah. that you have to make. Now it doesn't cost anything. Now with it, with an NHS doctor, um, it it it's sort of like 
you know, there are some midwives and some nurses who would naturally just tell you out of principle. But then there's some who may be not as educated in the process or are following protocol who don't tell you. In our because, instance, because they are human. In our instance, we had an obstetrician, a senior obstetrician, who should, for being paid privately, tell us. The first time I went to see this obstetrician with my ex-wife was we went in and he was playing Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On on his iPhone. And he was about to check my wife. I mean, that said what it all, right? Uh, he will know who he is. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but the fact is that <laughs> I'll tell you off camera. Yeah, because it, it, it sounds like the guy that delivered... Um, <laughs> all of my others he was he was like he was just anyway yeah look he he and it and in a way you know he 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 was a one of these more light-hearted obstetricians once maybe not so he was serious and he was he did a good job but he missed something it's a bit like a, a, a doctor who missed something with my my my, my or operated on my sister and she broke her knee and he did a botch job and she ended up having to claim. You know, I went into that court process. But the, the point is that after that, it then emerges that she hasn't just just had damage from a strep B. She's also got damage to the basal ganglia. And when you look at the basal ganglia, it doesn't connect with the strep B damage. The strep B would affect the outer, outer cortex of your brain. Mm -hmm. it, it would lead to ed educational um sort of damage and that sort of thing. It's like scarring around the brain, mm -hmm. basically. So while we're seeing the bumps on the brain, it's just all smooth. And Maddie's yeah. brain was like that yeah. when we had the first x-ray. So they knew that she had damage as a result of the septicemia meningitis. But then they couldn't, when we when then went to Hammersmith for the full uh, MRI, I never forget um, looking, hearing the doctors, um, sort of say, right, we're going to do the scan, et cetera, et cetera. And by that time, Maddie was quite stiff and doing these arching, which they put down to <laughs> acid reflux, which everyone hears quite a lot about and all that stuff. Anyway, we go to the hospital and, and, and um, they're going to do an MRI. And we, we, you know, she's sedated and they go up to do the MRI. And I'll never forget sitting in the waiting room next to the room where they're looking at the scans. And I swear there must have been about five people around this scan it was like there's something phenomenal about what they're looking at there and fast forward about 20 minutes we're in we're in the um <laughs> we're in the uh oh god sorry we're in the um waiting to take maddie back down and we got the trolley and we're pushing her down and and we get to the elevator and one of the doctors is there I mean, they chose the wrong time to go to that elevator because I, we're standing there. So well, what's the news? And she said, I think you should wait to speak to the main doctor. And her name, ironically, was Dr. Cowan. And we got down to back to the ward and there was all these other kids there and parents and that sort of thing. And they're dwindling down and they're speaking to all the parents. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. like, well, when are we going to be spoken to? They'll, they'll come to you soon. Yeah. They'll come to you soon. Yeah. And we're literally the last people in the room. Yeah. And then they, I heard, heard Dr. Cowan say, can you get the side room ready? And I'm like, okay, this isn't going well. And I'm pacing and my heart's beating and my anxiety is it's full, full maximum. And we then eventually go into this room. And, and I think she just said, um, I'm, I'm sorry, but your daughter's going to be confined to the wheelchair for the rest of her life. I think that's basically how she broke the news of the cerebral palsy. And obviously we're like, well, can it be fixed? And no, it's damage. It's brain damage. You can teach her new paths. You can rewire her. Um, I suppose if it was the bionic woman or whatever, you'd, you'd sort of do what you can using science and technology. And then, and then, you know, leaving that hospital at that moment and the, the parallels to that and the day she died were so you know when she said she got brain damage I had the same conversation a day later at Great Ormond Street because what happened was we went to Watford 
on the day she died, uh, the day before she died, and they basically said, "Look, there's nothing we can do for her here." And we ended up in an ambulance going up the M1 to Great Ormond Street. Mm. So we could have just jumped that whole process, but anyway, look, it's, yeah. it's what happens. Yeah. And you know, that night we have scans, and literally it was like being going back to that moment at Hammersmith where the doctor turned around to me and Sophie had gone home by this point to be with her, be with the other two girls. And, and, and she turned around and she, uh, the guy turned around and said, I'm sorry, you know, he, he's got the brain, she's got brain damage. And I said, what brain damage on her brain damage? Is that even possible? I suppose it is. Right. But I said, well, what does that mean? You know, she was already 260 degrees and she couldn't walk, talk or eat or uh, she could eat, but she couldn't do anything for herself. Um, we were full-time carers. What does that mean? And and I just said, can we can we put her to rest, to peace, mm. put her at peace? And he said, if that's what you want, yes. Mm. And they they agreed to take her off her medication. Yeah. Um, and do that. And the, it, he said, we'll do it at a slow pace, and you can get all your family to come up and say goodbye to her. And yeah, that was like in the space of what, 12 hours, 14 hours, that's where we had got to. I mean, there's so many other stories yeah, in that sure, process. Yeah, sure, 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 totally. And, but then we're like, then I go home that night. Um, Sophie comes back to the hospital to stay with her overnight. And I get home. And I was just numb. I went mm. back into that room. The mud stain's still on the yeah. floor. <laughs> no, you see, that's that's yeah. that's one of those. It's that before and after thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where that you've noticed something during that event. You've gone and had that event, and you've gone from well, it wasn't did exactly. Obviously, the day started shit, but you know, you go to bed and it's all lovely. Mm. You go through that. Whoosh, and then you come back and you're like, yeah, the mud stain is. It, it, it's a. I was more annoyed the cleaner hadn't tidied it up. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. what, what, what do they? What, what do people do? I mean, the bed wasn't made. It was as if you know nothing had changed. There was. I think there was a pair of scissors the doctor had left on the floor. You know, just that that bizarre thing. I, I, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask. But but as soon as you said that, you know, the cleaner hadn't been. And I'm not not trying to sort of to give my story. I remember. That's my OCD. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I I remember when we got back from the Netherlands and the cleaner who was just, she was, she was so nice. Um, we hadn't told her because you don't tell everyone. Mm. And of course she turns up to clean. Hi, how was your holiday? Oh yeah. Um, Madeline died. I mean, you know, you can, the shock is enough for me and for yeah. me, but it's that she goes, what, you know, and it's one of those, just because you mentioned cleaner, yeah. it's one of those, and it, it's another of those events that... Well, you don't know how it affects other people. No, 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 not at and, all. And, and people don't know how to comprehend it. No. And... I've got, so I've, I've got a couple of questions that I now, I now want to ask based yeah. on what you've said. So the question I wanted to ask... Well, there's actually quite a few questions. I won't ask all of them. <laughs> but just now when you were saying, you know, and they said, did you want to come in and get all the family and that, that it's that saying goodbye. Mm. And listen, this is my week. You're not. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you a question. Um, it's that. Far too emotional, Lee. Far too emotional. <laughs> yeah. You haven't gone yet. You're being very stoic. And and actually... I don't think it's... All, uh, some people react in those sort of ways, right? And I, again, I was speaking to my therapist about this and I speak about my therapist quite a lot. But he basically he basically said it was sort of like, well, why do you need to cry? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't need to. No, I know that. I don't... I, don't and he, I, I asked him, why do I not find this... Uh, why, why am I not... A, a, able to well up or, or when I talk about when it, I, it almost feels yeah. unreal to me well when I talk about 
you know, the last, the last couple of days or the last hour or, or whatever it is, um, it doesn't necessarily make me cry, but sometimes there might be a little, um, a little moment or a little thought or something that might just trigger something that might make me want to, my bottom lip will quiver. Mm. And I don't understand how sometimes that does and this occasion it doesn't. But what I wanted to ask is, it's that saying goodbye. It's a very, very, because it's very final. Mm. Because obviously I'm assuming you've then got to call the family and say, right, look, this is what's happened. And we had, we had, explain yeah, we the had, saying we had, goodbye and what that feels like. We and, had the family delegation and, and it was like, you know, I mean, let's go back a bit. I went home that night and I think you spoke about it last week about, I asked you about your dreams. Yeah. And eventually got to bed. And I remember one of my girls coming into the bedroom, um, can't sleep, so we hugged in bed. And then I think Emily came in or Matilda, one of them, I can't remember order, but both of them were in my bed by the time I, I um, went to bed. And I couldn't sleep. We none, none of us could sleep. It was like the longest night. I yeah, was sure. Dozing, and yeah. and but then you almost feel guilty at six in the morning. Maybe five thirty. I I I I felt I was awake, and I was with my two girls in the bed, and all three of us were sitting up, and at the end of the bed, we saw Maddie dancing on her tiptoes. Okay. Like she was free. Mm -hmm. And that will live with me forever. Mm -hmm. And that is the premise of my belief and faith that she was set free. Finally. Um, and she was happy. Because she had a lot of pain. She had a lot of, you know, um, but also, but also to you two as well, in a way, because you've had you had nine years of yeah. pretty much twenty four hour care, yeah, and that's going to take its toll on on anyone as an individual, yeah, as a couple. Um, you must always be on but, but, on sort of tender but hooks. This, this is this is my belief process, and 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 you know, going back to that hospital in the morning, um, you know, meeting the rabbi for the first time. Um, which is a story in itself, but he, he um, I'm going to mention his name, Rab Rabbi Feldman from Bushy Shaw. You know, once we'd sorted out the whole issue with us not being members and being allocated yeah. plots at the Shaw yeah. and that Heaven sort of forbid. thing. Yeah. Uh, th there's all these sort you of things. You bad <laughs> person. <laughs> you haven't paid your subscription? I didn't have a subscription. No, nor did, uh, nor did like, we. Every year you're like, ah, you know, we'll be fine for another yeah. year and then yeah. shit happens and then you're not. So for people that don't don't quite understand when you're, when you are part of the, uh, the tribe as we are, um, <laughs> part of the tribe in, in the Jewish religion, you belong to synagogues, synagogues, do ask for a membership fee, some more than others, and it's supposed to include your uh, your burial fees, your hader fees, so on and so on and so on. Um, I, I think I think the the thing that got got me the most or helped me the most was the fact that I was a Cohen. Now the Cohen is explained to. is the head of the tribe basically if we want to call it a tribe he um, in essence I'm he's in, actually you're my boss you're I'm, you're holier than me yeah you, you need to kiss my ring not that ring but basically um <laughs> i'm the highest of the highest um holy of the holy um I, i'm a temple. priest i'm not allowed to do certain things um you're others, not allowed to, okay so others, you're not allowed on a burial ground uh, well yeah, again, uh, you're not allowed. You're allowed on a burial ground, but you're only allowed to keep to the path. You're not allowed to actually walk on the grass. So when you're not it allowed came, to walk over, so a where grave is Maddie buried? At Bushy. So she was. We were. We ended up not getting one plot. We ended up getting three plots. Same with us, and because I assume you didn't have plots. Correct. Same with us, and. Now, now I'm divorced from my wife. We we even joked about this, you know. Whoever goes first is getting Maddie's plot, and the other one is not going anywhere near either of us. 
<laughs> it's like a reward for going first. <laughs> is that actually what you've done? Well, we've still got the other plot, but we'll probably end up auctioning it off to someone. But anyway. Because it's like, we're, 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 I must like, auctioning it off. <laughs> I know, That'll be interesting to see who but buys that's what it. like when my grandma passed away. You know, she said she didn't want to be in Woven. She wanted to be near my mother. And she paid about five grand for the plot. But it's, it's exa- it was exactly the same for us. We, of course, didn't have our plots. Yeah. Because you think, well, you don't, it's not what you planned for. No. We had to get the plot for Madeline. And then we were, we had our plot bought. And then, it, then you get the question of, uh, so when you, when you have it, did you, will you ask this? Do you want to be on top of your wife or next to? And for oh, me. I didn't get that. I, I didn't, I was like, what? <laughs> and of course it's because they bury you vertically. Not, it's, I it's, didn't know. It's like, it's like the famous um, uh, Curvy Enthusiasm sketch when, um, <laughs> when uh, Cheryl turns around to Larry David. I don't know if you've seen it, but basically she's they're renewing their, their wedding vows. Okay. And basically she starts reading the wedding vows. She goes, and I can't wait to be with you from now through eternity. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute. What's this about eternity? Yeah. I'm here for you this, this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, eternity. And that. You're off. But that's I'm, of, I'm free. I'm, I'm going to go shagging who I want. That's the truth <laughs> of it, really. But no, that's so, so it's actually yeah. very, very similar situations. And again, you suddenly, you're finding yourself in a moment that, well, I certainly was never expecting. So on that, you know, your Maddie's life was very different to my Maddie's life. Mm. Now, when you're told in the beginning what has happened and what her life will be and what your future will potentially be, um, there must have been something in your mind that was that said to you, okay, she, we are probably going to outlive her. Or is that not the case? And if that was the case, is that something that you probably just put in the back of your mind because one has to get on with your life. And so you, although it's there, it's filed, it's filed quite far back. And I suppose after a few years, you've almost forgotten. It's, 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 it, I don't think when you're in that moment, you've been thinking about it because you've adapted your life to a certain set of circumstances. You've got two other children. Well, life you, goes and, on. And, and you have those two children, as we sort of discussed in the first podcast for, because you, 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 you're thinking, well, Maddie could end up being in residential care into, into her 70s, 80s, for all we know. And they're going to need support. My, my therapist has a, has a sister who is at that 55-year-old age and she is in residential care and she has cerebral palsy and she has special needs and, and, and all that. And you can't, you can't predict the future. You, you know, I think you can, you can prepare for the future in the way you think you want it to plan out. But life throws you curveballs. Yes, well, life, my, life, my, life is life happens while you're busy making other plans. Correct, and and also my favorite, my favorite quote. Me. Well, my favorite quote from a, any movie in the world is that life is like a bo- bo- box of chocolates. You don't know what you're gonna get, and you really don't. You unless, really unless do you've got not the know. Instructions, but the instructions. Yeah, but even then, you pick wrong. up the wrong one. <laughs> exactly. You think you think you've got you think you you think you've got the orange one, and no, you've got the hazelnut. I nearly crack your teeth on it or something. <laughs> yeah, or have exactly. it or go into MF. Anaphylactic shock, or whatever. Yeah. So ultimately, we don't know, and nobody knows. You know, before before we started this podcast, you said to me, you know, you could be on your mobile phone, walk across the road, and get hit by a bus. We 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 we. we, But you can't look too far into the future. You've got to live for the day, and you've got to still be careful when you cross the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, (laughs) but you've got to live for the moment, and 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 you know, part of my problem in my life has been anxiety and and that's fear of the future. And Did you have that b- way before? Yeah, I, th- I sort of had this feeling before Maddie was, was born that something was going to go wrong because my life was pretty straightforward, I suppose. You know, and like most of us sort of privileged Northwest London Jews, you know, we sort of just breeze through life to a certain degree. And then at least sh- that's just cementing the stereotype there on for all the podcast listeners. Sorry, but it sh- then shit happens. And I'm not the only one that shit's happened to. And no. I get that. And nor, you know, nor are you. And, you know, we, we have to we have to deal with these m- moments. And, and it's like, you know, for me, it's like getting a call about a, a property cell which has fallen out of bed. You know, that fear of dread that falls, hit, uh, bes- beseeches you and just 
hits you at the very core of your stomach. And then you're thinking, how am I going to support my family? But I suppose with, with in death, you're thinking the same thing. While you're thinking about losing your, your firstborn, for me anyway, you're thinking, well, how am I going to deal with my children in this situation? And I did, how, how, I, how, how did, did you? Well, and so they, they are, how old are they now? They're, they're 14 and 10. And they're, they're 14 and 10. So they are still probably Well, Matilda, Matilda's to, to, you know, remembers, you know, and she does amazing things and says amazing things, but she doesn't really remember Maddie to a certain degree. No, but it, she was still three. But, but Emily didn't know life without her. And now she does. Yeah. And it's something that they have to adjust to and yeah. adjust to. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, but I remember, they, did, I, has, I remember that other more, them, not the youngest one, but, but have they had therapy at all or they very, very early in the yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, more after the, you know, the separation and that sort of thing, but because they would lose, they'd, they'd lost their, their child. They lost uh, their, their sister. Sorry, they lost a sister. Yeah. An elder sister as well. So it's yeah. quite a, They'd lost you know, it's their this sis- person that you sort of look up to, even though she was how she was. It's still the older sibling, so naturally you. They lost a sister. They gained a dog, and then they lost their dad. When I moved out, and in in some ways that was harder for me, mm. because. What I mean by that is harder for me and not harder for me than the kids. I mean, harder for me in the sense that I felt that I was... Running away? Yeah. But um, life, I needed to live my life. And I realized that Maddie was there for a reason. And she was sending me messages in her passing. Um, and, you know, you always think you're doing the right thing for your, your children. And I remember, um, you know, me and Sophie having a little row the morning of Maddie's passing where I said, I don't want the kids to come and see her. I didn't want them to. I didn't want to see, I wanted them to remember her as they did when they were watching X Factor the night before together. And And she was insistent, no, they're coming up, they're coming up. So I ended up, saying okay and we did we did the shema and the prayers with the rabbi around her you know i held matilda's hand i think um sophie was holding emily's hand and it was a lovely moment and i don't regret that for a moment no i must say um yeah i'm i'm with your ex on that i i've always been a i've always been a believer that it, it, it's 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 a moment of closure mm. that I think is really important. That yeah, no one wants to come and say see someone and sort of go goodbye. But without that, it's one of those sort of life regret moments, isn't it? Is that if you do it, you've done it, and you can go okay, I've done it. If you don't do it. There's no turning back and you you don't want to almost but, go, but, but also, oh, I wish I... But, but also kids operate in a, in a certain way and it was like... They do, but they'll it, remember that. Yeah. They will remember that. And then in years to come, they will hopefully go, do you know what? I'm pleased I said well, goodbye. I, 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 I never forget the moment where, you know, when this was all going on, you know, Matilda's turning around to me or and saying, does that mean we can't go to the fun fair tomorrow? <laughs> Because it's like... Out of babe's mouth. It's, out it's, of the mouth it's of babe. their normal, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course un- it is. This, they don't understand what's no. the hell's going on. And... and Just having just... Did you take them to the fair? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, I was just genuinely... I it, was actually, it was actually on that morning. Okay, on that died. morning, I don't yeah. Think, I, don't yeah. Think I, think, I think they did go somewhere yeah. with their friends that day. And, and after they went to the hospital, they then left. And then, you know, all my other family um, left except for our close family. Um, and, you know, there's so many funny stories. And, and I know it sounds funny. I mean, to give you an example. Well, there, 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 is, there is always humour and grief. Well, it was, it was um, 
the, the moment we had we had another rab the, the great Ormond Street rabbi turned up as well okay. so we had like this, this is also this is also so for, for, for people to, to understand had, for, for, for non-Jews this is also something that happens you get rabbis coming out of the woodwork from everywhere <laughs> sort of you know giving you their their wisdom and, and everything well, we had we had a rabbi off we always had a rabbi off so I, I had to like I had to sort of do the prayers with with my and of course they won't shake his hand no so I had to do the the, 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 the thing with and I thought I felt sorry for the other rabbi coming out so I went and did the prayers again with him, you know, and it was like, and then when they're around them doing the prayers together, I felt one was doing it louder and it's all you're thinking, you know, and, and, you know, this you're a viewer, of, you're a viewer watching, watching the rabbis not this, compete, but kind of compete. Or, yeah, and then, and then, and then we're getting, I'm getting questions asked, can we donate her organs? Who asked this? The Great Ormond Street. Great Ormond Street. Okay. And I think this, but this is, this is obviously she, so has she now? She's died. No, no, now. no, no, no. So she's still. Yeah, okay. She's still so alive. this is okay. So this is the morning. This is all happening late morning, and and they're basically like, well, can we donate the organs? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Why don't you know? Well, I'm Jewish. Or what do you mean? We we can't actually. We're not allowed to bury the body. Yeah, you're and, supposed to. And, and I I didn't know the rule, so I asked my rabbi. And he didn't really know the answer. So I, I imagine this scene of them all, like him phoning his mad, Rabbi Shlomo from this show. And the this rabbi, is oh. what we had this with. We had this with the bet with the the, the, the the headstone. But we'll yeah. talk about that. It's exactly the same yeah. thing is that you you think there is a, a book of rules. That, but no, these rules change. Yeah. And we, we got to the point where normally you're not allowed, but it's he that. was like, well, if you don't use the, the, the parts of the body, then we'd, they'd have to be buried separately at the shul. And I'm like, mm, OK, that was a really bad accent because he's actually I was going to say he's what, actually American. I was actually going to say, what he's part of Bavaria American. was this rabbi from? And, and you know, he's amazing. But I'm going to keep saying that he was absolutely amazing. And I love him to be. No, as and, you and, know and, what? And, they are great. Most of them are great, great people. And they they give you solace and they are a rock in a storm that sometimes but, but, you need to hang on to. Me selfishly was like I don't I just want this over if they're going to take if they're going to donate the organs then it means we could be looking at days maybe weeks well no I don't keeping, think keeping her alive you know keep it, keeping her organs from what I understand it, it would have meant that it would prolong the process of her passing and they've already started to to sort of take her off the drugs and that sort of thing and they're working towards a time frame and it turned out that she was too far gone anyway, in hindsight. You know, again, that hindsight. Um, her, her organs were failing. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was just, yeah. you know, it would have been unfair. They wouldn't have been so, you of know, use. That, even if I'd said yes, it wouldn't have been a possibility anyway. Uh, or we said yes, shall I say. Um, and then literally, um, you know, my, my, every, everyone had seen her and, and then they said, right, well, we're going to get a room ready. And I, I, this is this is what I can't fault Great Ormond Street. Um, they 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 were amazing. They 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 prepared a room that was specially designed for the passing of a child. Um, we went into that room. Um, Sophie, uh, they put Maddie into Sophie's arms without any of the equipment on. They disconnected all the equipment when she was in the room. And they said, look, it could be an hour, could be 20 minutes, could be five minutes. We just don't know. And so she was lying on Maddie, uh, on Sophie, Maddie across her, and I was like holding her legs, stroking her legs and her feet. And I just remember her bracelet. I haven't got it anymore, unfortunately. It broke, and I had it. For, I was wearing it for about four years. Um, her bracelet fell off her wrist into my hands, and it's like every, everything is a yeah. Whether it is or it isn't, whether you're a believer or non-believer, this, this, these was, things. She was happen. wearing that for three years, and it these, never came off once. <laughs> I don't understand how it fell off, but it, it could did. be coincidence. But I know. It, we we just do not know. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I put it in my pocket and. And and literally about five minutes passed, and she was so peaceful. She wasn't the same child that we knew, and she just went quietly. And I remember standing up and thinking, "Okay, I think she's gone because I just needed to get out. I just mm -hmm. couldn't deal with it anymore." And I went out and I said, "I think she's, I think she's passed." And they they came in and checked. No, no, she's still there. 
I'm like, great, okay, we'll go for the performance, whatever. I know I'm laughing about it, but I well, no, it's it's, 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 a, it's a nervous laugh because, like <laughs> you say, you're you're you know when when you people think you need to react or deal with this in a certain way, and like I just laugh. I mean, I shouldn't. But well, no, because you're, it's, it's a nervous laughter when you look back at the situation and think you're sitting there waiting for your child to finally pass. And it's not like you're looking at your watch going, oh, but it's that it's I know it's it's so bizarre, but you you're waiting for something to happen that, you know, is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it did. And I think ten five more minutes, 10 more minutes passed. And then they came in on their own accord and they were like. Well, she, I suppose they know because every all the med, all the medication stopped, all yeah. the everything that is keeping her alive has all been taken off. So one knows that it is really going to be a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. And and they just said she's gone, and I don't. I didn't cry. Uh, she looked unlike. I've seen you know my grandmas and what that looks like after death, mm-hmm. and these people are unrecognizable you know a lot of the time after after they pass but maddie was as beautiful as ever and they like laid her in the bed and it wasn't like she was a skeleton or anything like that it was just our little girl was sleeping Mm. and i just remember going out and of of that room and 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 walking into the family room and everyone was like hugging us and we automatically went to our own families in a weird hmm. sort of way you know well, you do of course you do um we didn't I, I can't remember hugging sophie at that time and yeah it was it was i, I did you was find a, it was yourself a, it was a re- you know what well, it is a relief if that's what you were going to say. Of course it is. It was. It was It was like... Well, because there's no more suffering for it, Maddie. It was like, you know, if you if you were writing that book, it was closing the chapter. Yeah. It was closing, ending that chapter, closing the book. You haven't even thought about the next chapter, but you've closed that well, chapter. I, for that, I, for that I, moment, you can go, right, let's stop. We in, could, we could t- we're going to talk about the grieving week, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the shivers and all that. That's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. Because that was actually when, as soon as that happened, it was like Maddie was about to have the last laugh. Because the week that then came after that was just full of comedy. And how I managed to utilize grieving into this sort of, I don't know, like just sort of like it got me through the week, finding the funny side of everything that was going on. Because things happen that you just sometimes you're you're in disbelief that someone has said what they've said or or uh, you've thought something or you've seen. So there's so many Life still goes on, yeah, and and comedic moments still happen after these events. And if they're associated with that event, it's not unusual. It's it's. But do you, do you know the first thing I did when I got home? I went in that room, I made her bed, I tidied the room. I got a picture of it. I took a picture. Um, if I was doing my social media now, I probably would have filmed this whole and catalogued it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately it wasn't, it was in a different time and I got rid of the mud off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I know, but, but why would you want to keep it there? And, and the, the first thing I did, I went to that pillow and I smelt that pillow mm. and it smelt like Maddie. Yeah. 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 And I tried to keep that scent. And Maddie used to dribble quite a lot yeah. and on the side of her wheelchair, she had this sort of, this aroma mm-hmm. that just warmed my heart. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I think, you know, I spent more time in that room over the next week than anywhere else in the house. Mm. And, you know, I'm like people are like, where do we put our coats? Not in that room. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know, but that was the sort of it's like... It's fucking coat cupboard. <laughs> it's my daughter's... Yeah. My late daughter's bed. And that would be the sort of thing someone go, oh yeah, um... The, the, 
I'm, okay, hopefully it didn't happen, but there's always going to be one friend. Or, well, they don't, or... know, they don't know where the room is, what the room is, right? <laughs> not, people who haven't seen you enough. And that's the whole point about the Shiver Week. Yes, we but, but surely that. if they're people coming come. into the house yeah. and, and they're going to put a coat in a room and they're going to see a, a, a bed, yeah. surely one would put two and two together Possibly. and go, oh, okay, yeah. And if they don't, actually, do you know what? Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> But that's it. I mean, you do get the hanger-oners, don't you, in, in, in the grieving process. There's people who think they're doing good, but they're actually just being a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. But they, I know these people mean well, and I know they're trying to do the right thing. And, and I don't want, you know, listen, I'm not saying don't do it, because, you know, if, if anything, there's certain people and that just made my week. You know, they got me through that week. Totally. Um, and beyond. And, and and people who step forward. And then those people who don't, who haven't stepped forward for 10 years of your life and then turn up at a funeral and expect you to just, oh, let's go out for a coffee sometime. Why? I haven't seen you for 10 years. Where were you when Maddie yeah. was born? You know, where were you throughout that process? Yeah. That's, 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 uh, it's the same with divorce, yeah. right? I choose, I choose Serge or I choose this person, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've been friends for you for 20 years. Oh, but now you're split. No, you're a bastard. Yeah. yeah I, but that's, <laughs> that's human nature. Look, um, I, I suppose to, to, to wrap up, you know, the last, this week and last week really was just a chance for us just to share a, uh, brief, a kind of therapy rundown of of events yeah that led to the the, the end yeah um and i think they were they're quite different in a way because of your your journey from zero to nine and my journey from zero to four and a half they were they are quite different journeys the end was pretty much the same it happened slightly differently but yes i, th um, I think i think yeah and i think it's it's important you understand why, you know, that we can relate to people uh, who have been through the journey. And, and, and as you know, it can be, grief is, grief carries many forms. Um, but I do feel that, you know, when we're, we're not talking about it enough, it's so taboo. It's so like, you know, the, 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 you, you go online and you, you see a lot of mums talking about lo losing their child and and losing loved ones. But for some reason, we we men are locking ourselves away in this dark cave of um, denial and bottling up our feelings because we're men. Yep. And you can be a man and share the feelings that the ultimately we, we, we were the ones who created these children. Yeah. We didn't give birth to the children, but we were part of that whole journey and those children were born into our lives and they were left our lives as quickly as they were born. And I really feel that, sharing is the best cure for the for the stages of grief yeah yeah and i think <laughs> yeah no no you're you're you're, you're, I want, you're right I, I, you know i want i will get you to cry at some point and that's not happening man it's not happening we you're three. cold cold you're cold, cold. I'm, you know what i just can't give a shit anymore no there is that <laughs> so look that was that that was your story that I'm sure we're, look, we're going to, we're going to be revisiting both stories. I, I, over, I think over we're going to have psychologists all over us too, aren't we? Like, I hope oh, so. But this, two, is, but this is why we analyzing want, these but this body is why we gestures. Want, we want psychologists. We want doctors. We want, we want other dads, you know, to, to talk to because, because everyone, I mean, I've spoken to a few people. We will wrap up in a second, but I've spoken to a few people interested to try and get them to come along mm. because of what they've been through. And some of them are much earlier than, than, than you. Um, and they've gone, oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. And I, I, I get that, but I will actually pursue them a little bit more because I know people are going to be uncomfortable, but actually there's nothing for people to be uncomfortable about because all they're doing is they're sitting here 
and we're just talking with friends and we're mm. talking with other people. And, and um, it's also very important, I think, for me and for you and for all of us to hear other people's stories and hear how other people feel and what they've been through. Different cultures, different, different, the way different thought processes, different family. You know, some people might be doing it on their own, mm. which, which, so that's, that's something. But look, we're going to wrap it up. No, I think, yeah, as, as I said, you know, there, there is going to be people in different stages of grief and, you know, that, that it doesn't have to be because you've lost your child. It could be because you haven't got the child that you anticipated, you know, it is a form of grief and, and, you know, we, 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 I'm sure by end of podcast three, we're going to start getting some calls. I, I, I have no doubt. And, and, and look, we're going to keep doing this. And, yeah, we'll keep and, doing it. And totally. we're not going to stop this because I, I do genuinely think there's there's a mission to accomplish here. Um, if anything, to be for the legacy of our two daughters, Maddie. Yep. And on that note, see you next week. Well, I'll see you in about a minute. But yeah, yeah, see you in about a minute. Yeah. All right. <laughs>